Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Oh, 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 he's the worst Red Raider, unbelievable! The Scarlet and Black are back on the final bowl club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm RC Maxfield alongside Tobias Bass down in H-Town. Tobias, how's it going, man? I've had better days. <laughs> better days. <laughs> Fantasy football makes me sick. I, I, I say this every year. I'm thinking about taking the year off, but, like... You're never going to take a year off. Stop it. I just can't, like, right now. Like, There's no way you take that- a year off. It's just like anything that can go wrong went wrong this weekend. How do you get – Justin Jack, he gets injured on the first play of the game. Cool. He doesn't play again. Hey, that's not true. He came in for two more snaps. He did? Yeah. And then he hey, limped off hey, the field. They should have given him the ball then, like one time. He could have got like two yards. That would have helped. No, they didn't. Damn it. Well. <laughs> All right. So – um. So the, that that face by Tobias and his reaction is also um, very indicative of how Texas Tech football fans are feeling um, after what happened against uh, TCU in Fort Worth this past week. And we'll talk about that on today's podcast. Then we'll talk about Texas Tech men's basketball, how they are ranked number 14 in the country, according to the AP Top 25 poll. We'll run through that. What stands out to us um, and maybe who got snubbed a little bit. But Tobias, we have to start with it. We have to start with this. Um, all right, let's just let's just get into this. What the hell was Mike Matt Wells thinking? Um, so, for those that don't know, at this point, Matt Wells decided to kick a field goal on second and four while the clock was running, while having three timeouts, and the offense was having their best series of the game. Um, if you listen to his press conference, he said, "We might have done it um, a down too early." You think? Um, and then he also said that um, the whole plan was to either score a field goal or a touchdown. That seems like every drive is what you're trying to do. That's not the way you can score. Yeah, I was like, that seems um, okay. That's good. I'm glad you have the right mindset. Um, But instead, he decided to trot out a kicker that coming into the game against TCU had not made a field goal all year. Made a field goal against TCU um, in that game. Was it pretty? Hell no. Um, And he went for two earlier in the game for some odd reason. I agreed with the call. I actually like going for two in a lot of cases. Um, But then he kicked an extra point later on, or before that, that the kicker, you know, almost shanked and botched. Um, But nonetheless, you decide to kick a 39-yard field goal with a kicker that, like I just previously said, had not made a field goal all year <laughs> while your offense has sustained a drive the likes they haven't had all day while the clock is running, and you think, hmm, this seems like a good idea to kick a field goal right here. Let's not do it on third down. Let's not do that. Let's do it, let's do it on second down while the clock is running and we rush guys out there. That, that, that's, that, that, that's a good idea. Why wouldn't it be? I, 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 
Tobias, you, you, you know at this point, I, again, I, w- I was the lone guy back in our KTXT days that thought this was a, a better hire than most, right? I, is that a fair way to say it? I didn't think it was a good hire. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was better than most people yeah. thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I have to take a second. Go ahead. For me, it's just like, you know, it's just it's just kind of hard for me to like sit there and watch them like consistently, like it, it's really like you know it's like a Saturday afternoon you know stuff's going on you know whatever. Much better it's, games it, on. Much yeah, better games. It, it is hard, honestly, for me to sit there and watch them play, like 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 honestly because because it's, it's getting to the point now where I just know every other play is a you know a tunnel screen for negative two yards. Keyshawn Carter doesn't get targeted enough. Defense is going to give up forty a game. It's just, it wasn't I'm, I'm even almost, their fault this weekend in Fort Worth. You know, you know, no, no, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It's just like when you, when you, it's like when you watch Tech, but then you want to go watch. I mean, this isn't a fair comparison, but like you watch Clemson Notre Dame. It's just like, bro, like, yeah, they're not on the same level. But you're like, damn, I wish we were even remotely close to that. We're not even in the same universe. But it, it, it's just teams. hard to, it, it's just hard to watch that than come back to Tech. You know oh, what I mean? 100%. Like, yeah. Like, 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 let's say Texas game would have been that night. It would have been hard for me to watch Clemson Notre Dame go into overtime and then switch to Tech. It would have been hard. I would. I couldn't. I couldn't watch that. I can't. Yeah, I um, I, you know, there's those moments as a fan that just like the bad moments, you know, um, that stick out in your head forever. And and the magnitude of the game is different. Right. For me, a couple of them that stand out is just, again, I know this is going to break a lot of Tech fans' heart, just Brandon Francis not going into the corner to guard the three. Not on the magnitude of this field goal, but I'm just saying there's bad moments that stick out to you. Um, Another one for me, the the Rangers not replacing Nelson Cruz in right field in game seven or game six of the World Series with Craig Gentry. And the ball goes over Nelson Cruz's head and the Cardinals end up winning the World Series. Like, there's just bad moments, right? And, like, those are obviously on the biggest stage possible um, for their respective sports. Mm-hmm. But I think about Texas Tech football, and you, I, I think you have to think about bad moments that they've had over at least my fandom, which is relatively short. I would probably say about six, seven years now. Um, and that field goal – decision by Matt Wells I don't know if it's the worst decision I've seen in those seven years but damn it it's it it's in the damn conversation and it's leading the way like it's got some clear momentum to be first <laughs> and maybe I'm like overlooking it or like you know before thing but like was that analytic based or like what, I don't know like, what the hell it is why I, did like like why did why did he do it you know what I mean like like but someone in his ear saying, analytically, it makes the most sense to kick a field up. You know, you know how teams do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I trust the numbers a lot. I don't know about you, but I do. Yeah, yeah. but it was like, I trust the number. You know, it, it, it depends on, you know, it depends on situation. Sure. It, it, sure. it varies. But like, I'll, I, I'm just, you know, curious. I'm just, I'm just honestly just curious. Why? <laughs> like, I don't know if that makes sense. Thing, Why did he do it? There, there's, there's, and I was talking with Casey on the postgame show about this here on the Facebook page. Um, like there's no logical explanation for it. There's not because here, here's the thing that bothers me the most. Like if you're going to kick a field goal on that drive, by all means, do it. I get it. And if you want to do it to save a little bit of time, 
Okay, that makes sense, right? I get it. But you do it a down later. And what you do is on second and four, you run a damn pass play. And if you pick up the first down, you continue to go. And if you have an incompletion, the clock stops and you don't have to rush your people on the field to kick a field goal. Yep. It's just, it's annoying to watch and just like hear the excuses over and over again um, from this coaching staff. And the thing is, you talked about the defense a little earlier. I thought the defense for this game played at an elite level. Like the transfers for Tech, McPherson, Tobias, yeah. you were just a year wrong. You were just a year early on him. You're right. He's the real fucking deal, man. He is the yeah, real good. deal, yeah. right? But the thing is, and then I want to give credit to Beck too. He had one mistake um, that it's that late hit out of bounds, and it ended up costing Tech seven points because yeah. uh, yeah. Matt Duggan went on a run um, after that for 48 yards. But I thought he played really, really well. And then I think a point that people forget about the defense is they were literally missing all three of their starters on the D line and they were still getting pressure on Max Duggan. Like I get TCU doesn't have a great um, offensive line, but you have to remember those are second string guys, quote unquote, maybe they get more playing time now. I hope they do because they deserve it. Um, But you're playing against guys that are first teamers for their respective team. And you don't have guys like Eli Howard, Tony Bradford, Nick McCann. You don't have that. And you're still getting constant pressure. I thought the defense actually played relatively damn well. um, All things considered. And, you know, Beck and Fields, their two penalties respectively, definitely hurt the Texas tech defense. And they'll be the first to admit, I guarantee it. Damn, that sucks, you know, but it happens to every team. It just so happens that, you know, there was a 48 yard run after the holding call and then, you know, TCU scored another touchdown on the uh, Beck drive where he had the late hit out of bounds. So I don't know. It's one of the things where it seems like the defense is keeping the team in the game. Like for what I thought about during the game too, Tobias, and I know I'm rambling at this point and I apologize, um, but in anytime you want, but I was thinking to myself this whole time, especially when we got into the fourth quarter, like, damn, I don't, not even Texas Tech defense to play consistently like this, but Texas Tech's defense has played relatively, I guess that's not fair, um, outside of the OU game. The past two of the three games, Texas Tech has played relatively well on defense, all things considered. Um, and I was thinking to myself, you know, okay, let's just say Texas Tech all year long gets that defense that played at TCU. Big-ass ask. I get it. Like, it's probably not going to happen, right? I get it. But, like, you put that defense with Patrick Mahomes while he's at Tech, they win 10 games. Yeah. Like, they win 10 games the way they performed in Fort Worth on Saturday. Like, they win 10 games. And it's like the defense is showing flashes. And that's what's encouraging to me is that I'm much more encouraged by the defense than the offense because the defense, they still lack a little bit of depth, but they're slowly getting there. You see those flashes and you're like, all right, Keith Patterson's got these guys at least going in the right direction because you can see little things here and there. On the offense, it's a complete 180. I have no idea what the hell Yost is doing. It's, I don't even know if Yost knows what the hell he's doing. It's kind of weird. Like, you know, like when Pat was in the offense, was putting up these crazy numbers, but the defense would just kill us. But now it's just like the defense is, especially last, you know, a couple of years, especially when Dakota was there, you know, defense was playing very, very well. But then the offense for was tech just standards, For tech standards, for really, tech really standards, really well. Yeah, yeah, for tech standards, really well. And then the offense has just been killing us. It's kind of weird how – 
the tables have turned a little bit. Like maybe we can just somehow find a way to combine both of these together. We'll have a, you know, an all around good team. But the last couple of years, it seems that the offense has been significantly lacking from what we're used to. Well, yeah. I mean, the one time that happened, it was 2008. Look what happened for Texas yeah. Tech football that yeah. year. We all know. Um, so I, I, I need to ask you this question, Tobias. Um, there's actually two questions. Is it time to fire David Yost? It's, I think it's, I don't think it's been time. I think we're, I think we're a couple of <laughs> weeks weeks too late. I think that he should have been gone. Because I mean, because here, here's the thing: it's just like it's the same thing over and over again. You know, it, it's 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 literally the definition of insanity. You know, he's doing the same things over and over again from week to week, and then at some point, it's just like, okay, well, enough is enough. And then, you know, I don't even see like the offense like getting any better. You know, they're not allowed to run the plays more crisp. You know, it's not like these players are getting, you know, they're busting these, you know, tunnel screens open for 10, That's 15 yards. Yeah, agreed. They're not working. It will be different if, like, you know, beginning of the year they were going for negative two yards. Now it's, like, five yards. But now it's, it's literally the same thing. And it's, like, defense is so predictable. Like, like, our first play of the game is a tunnel screen. You know, like, like the fifth play is a tunnel screen. It's like, it's like you can almost get it down to a number of how many, how many so plays will it be for a tunnel screen. It's like every sixth play we're running that. It's, I, and I was talking again. I know I brought up the post game already. Um, but it's I, – I, I wonder, you know, why Yost does it. And my whole philosophy is it's, a, it's another, you know, dimension of the run game, right? At least that's what right. a tunnel screen is supposed to be. It's supposed to hide mm-hmm. flaws, right? And to a degree, I understand that why he runs so many because the offensive line has been a liability so far this year. So I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the defenses are accounting for that now, like you're saying, because they've almost got it down to a science. It's going to happen every X play and a couple times here and there also. So you look at how the defenses are playing tech, and I I really noticed it against TCU this weekend, is typically, um, you know, your middle linebackers, if you're running a 3-4 or you have two linebackers in the middle of the field, they're not close together, but I, you know, they're not right next to each other, but they're remotely close. Probably, what, within six, seven yards of each other, I think is probably mm-hmm. a fair number. If you notice against Texas Tech, they're not even remotely close to that. It might be even double. Like, th- this thing in the middle of the field where the A gap and the B gap is, is just astronomical, right? And, and that gives me the idea of, okay, well, if they're going to play more outside, that means their linebackers are already leaning outside, right? That mm-hmm. means I could be able to go up the middle. And I told yeah. Casey this too. You notice where Henry Columbus, most of his runs come from when the pocket breaks down. He goes right yeah. up the damn middle. Because no there's nobody there. there. Yeah, it, exactly. like, there's nobody there. I would like to see them. Maybe I'm asking for a lot. Maybe I'm, Are I you like asking anything them. from the tech offense? I, yeah. Well, you're asking like for see, a lot then. I would like to see them fake a tunnel screen and have like Keyshawn Carter run a slant right up the middle of the field. They don't know what a slant is, Tobias. I don't know the last Did time it, they ran a slant. Yeah, they don't. It, that's the thing. It's just it's so infuriating because but that, that's a, that's a basic route when you're a wide oh, receiver oh, as a child. That's not the first route you learn. Well, yeah, I mean, it, and especially with guys like when you have rigged in and you have a Keyshawn Carter, and also you can use T.J. Vasher on those too, which they don't yeah. use. Eric is a comma. Like it's not like there's not weapons here. He just Joe does not know how to utilize it. And I brought up this point too on Saturday after the game, and I've gotten a little bit of uh, flack for it. Um, or not flack, um, a little bit of positive, like, oh, I never even thought of that. What about if Yost just isn't that good? Because think about the quarterbacks he's gotten to have in college football. 
Jordan Love. Chase Daniels. Yeah. Like, he's gotten to coach some really, really good quarterbacks um, at his stops. You know, so maybe that's something that people don't realize. And for me, I'm thinking about it like that might be something, you know, in terms of like, okay, maybe that is the reason why he's just not that great is because maybe he was just overhyped a little bit and he – He had talent. He had talent, and maybe, and you know what? That's not a knock on him. Congratulations, you had talent, my guy. Um, it happened. With, Go ahead. Oh, the thing with me is with the talent. That is a good point, but it's like a good coach are able to adapt. No matter, know you know who's who's back. I know quarterback is a different position, but you know if you're a good coach, you know you're post. You can make you know you can make a you know he's a, he's a D one player. You know you can make him look decent. You can make them. I mean, like, it's not like Columbia didn't know the system. You know, Columbia was, you know, he didn't play that many games, but you know, they did recruit him there. You know what I mean? Like, they did recruit him to play at Utah State while he was there. So it's not like the guy didn't know the system. Y'all saw something in him when y'all recruited him there. So that's my only take back from him. It's not like Bowman doesn't have talent. You know, he hasn't really gotten better, and he's got over a bunch of injuries, but Bowman definitely has talent. And, and also, um, do you know who his quarterback was at Oregon while he was there before he went to Logan, Utah? Mm, who was it? Herbs. Mm, well, yeah, I mean, you see. What so the doing. three Herbs. last, so the quarterbacks he's had, his past three stops, um, in terms of where he was a offensive coordinator, QB all coach, NFL or whatnot, players. are literally all in the NFL. All, all, all of them are first round. All picks. Of them, you say two of them are first round picks. Chase Daniels has got the ultimate gig where he's been in the league for like eight, nine years. Only started made, eight or nine games, and he's made thirty-eight made, million dollars. Yeah, he made he made a crap ton of money. Like. That's the gig. If you can get it, kids, that's the gig. A backup quarterback, but a reliable one. That is the gig. Um, so I, I was thinking about that. Maybe this is like, maybe that's the deal where Yost is a good coach if he has that guy that is a not even a generational talent, but maybe one of the best quarterbacks to ever play at their respective universities. Like Chase Daniel, probably. I don't know too much about Missouri football history, but I would assume that he's probably a top three quarterback in program history. You have to be the best, and then Drew Locke would be the next. And then you have Justin Herbert. He's not the best there because Marcus Mariota, um, Joey Harrington, but he's probably top five. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then Jordan Love is obviously the best quarterback that ever played at Utah State. Didn't didn't Alex Smith go there? No, Alex Alex Smith just went strictly to Utah. Utah, Utah. Utah. Yeah, just strictly Utah. So, I mean, maybe that's the thing where he just has to have a generational or, you know, that specific university top five talent. And guess what? He doesn't have that. Maybe he gets that next year. And I wonder if that's the reason why. um, And I forget the guy's name on um, the post game that was commenting about it. I believe his name was Frank, maybe Frank Morgan. Um, He brought up the fact that, you know, if they fire Yost, do they lose Morton? And I don't think yeah, that's no. the case I, because I think Morton is just do or die, um, red and black. I mean, the kid literally got his own jersey made already. I don't know if I told you that story. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing uh, stuff for 97.3 two weekends ago, and, you know, that live stage they have in front of the Jones. I yeah. see this kid walk by with a Morton 8 jersey. He turns, he looks at the radio, and I'm like, I'll be damned. This kid made his own damn jersey. That jersey. is a baller-ass move on his part. Like. <laughs> unbelievable type confidence. Some would say that's arrogance. I say you need a little bit more, young fella, especially when you're going to be a true freshman starting in a Power 5 conference next year. Yeah. So you think it's t- Yost is time to go? 
I think I think it's time to go. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think if uh, they lay an egg against Baylor this weekend, I think that he will not be the offensive coordinator uh, the next day. Thing is, too, that like he said, with Morton, let's say you do let Nils go. Who who are you targeting that's gonna like that's still you know attractive for you know Morton? Like who else are you gonna hire? Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't even know who's going to be the offensive coordinator to call plays if they fire Yost. I, yeah, I would I guess it would be Luke Wells, Matt's brother. That'd be my guess, but I don't know if anybody has experience. But at the same time, like I would rather give somebody, you know, a two-week tryout in a way, just yeah. to see if anything changes. Um, because, geez, nothing. It, we know what's going to happen this week against Baylor. Like, we'll be in the game against Baylor the whole time. It'll be similar to TCU, and Texas Tech has a better chance to win because they're at home now. Yeah. But it's going to be a very similar game where you're going to be frustrated by the offense. The defense is probably going to show up, um, and then everybody's going to try and blame the defense when it's not their fault, and the offense is going to sputter, and then they're going to have one or two big plays to get you, you know, back into it, and then they're going to shit the bed. Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. Like, it's, I mean, it's a script. It's a script. It really is. And, and at, at this point, it's it kind of leads into my next question. What are your thoughts on this team even moving forward? Like, what can you think about this team? I mean, they have talent. We have, you know, they have talent in the right spots. It's just, you know, it's, if it's just play call, that affects everything. You know, defense on the field too long, they're going to give up points. And also it's the Big 12. You know, there's NFL playmakers pretty much on every team. You know, yeah, really good quarterback. It's, it's part of it. But, you know, okay – you look around the conference, where where are you where are you ranking coordinators and where are you ranking quarterbacks? You can't have the eighth best quarterback and the eighth best coordinator in the car. You can't. Well, you, you, you can't do it. And that's my or question the, too. Or the sixth best one or whatever number would sure. be, wherever you have to rank them. But you can't have you can't have both. And that brings up a question um, I have for you. Um, so think of all the head coaches in the Big Twelve for football right now. Um are you confident that Matt Wells is better than any of them? I mean, he's definitely not better than OU's, Texas's. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, Iowa State. That, that, those four minimum, I know for a fact. Les Miles, too. He's just he's in a crappy situation. Yeah, yeah, he's not better than Les Miles either. So we're talking about um, five right there. Five is he better right than there. Neil Brown at West Virginia? He's beaten him twice. Yeah, I don't – you can – I could argue he's not. Okay. Okay, so that, yeah. that was a toss-up. That one's fair. Yeah. What about uh, Aranda over at uh, Baylor? They play him this weekend. Is he better? I need to see more from him, so I guess I'll say – I mean, they could be about the same. I mean, Wales okay. really hasn't done – really hasn't really done much since he's been here. And then, obviously, Gary Patterson's better. Yeah, Gary Patterson's better. Yeah, and I think the K-State coach is better, K-State, too. K-State, so, K-State, K-State. Yeah, you I mean, I, a, from he's North tied for last. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because um, I was thinking about that, too, on Saturday. I was like, I don't know if you have an advantage going into a game in the Big 12, like legitimately, like you know for sure, right? I don't think you for sure know that your coach is better than the coach across the sideline in any game you play in conference. Yeah. And like I said, you can't have the second to worst or third to worst quarterback then the Worst head, the tie for worst head, worst head coach, the second to last offensive coordinator. You can't have all three. The all three though, that's not a good mix. That's not that is not a good mix for success. 
something's got to change real quick. We'll do a podcast later in the week too. I'll, uh, I might even be in the LBK for that one um, by that time. Um, but does Texas Tech win another game this year? They beat Kansas, right? They got to beat Kansas. I hope. I, I hope. I mean, they got, I mean, they got, I mean, <sighs> I mean, they, they have to still have to play what Oklahoma State are not beating them. That's in still um, water. They're definitely not beating. I mean, can, be- can I say something about Oklahoma State real quick? Hmm. I don't know if they're that good. Like, I think they're actually – like, don't get me wrong. That, that, that's not the right way to put it. They're good, but they're overhyped. No, no, no. They're definitely overhyped. Like, they should probably be ranked in, like, mid-20s, like 23. But instead, they're ranked, what, I think, like, this past week, they were ranked 14th and barely um, won their game, right? Yeah, I mean, the quarterback, he's not that good to me. He's not I think their true freshman's better. Yeah, I think I think he yeah, I mean you have Chuba, then you have um uh, Wallace. Wallace, yeah, yeah, Wallace is really good, but I mean Sanders is average, I guess. I think he's that's not very great. nice of you to say. Yeah. He's not great. He's definitely not great. You know, he's he definitely lower half of the Big Twelve in terms of quarterbacks. Yeah, you know, he is for sure. So you you think they beat Kansas, or is your answer gonna be maybe? I mean no Puka, I think they could beat Kansas. They okay. should because how they embarrassed themselves last year. They should be angry, at least with that one. That's their only win of the season, right? Remaining. Yeah, we'll see what they do. But yeah, I think that probably their their last one, only win. Yeah. Let's move on to a more positive scene, Tobias. Because dear God, we need it at this point, don't we? We need it bad. Top twenty-five men's basketball released this afternoon. I went on. Uh, I'm going to give myself a victory lap, Tobias. Um, I feel like I deserve it for what I did today. I went on uh, Twitter before the AP poll came out, and I said Texas Tech would either be ranked 13th or 14th, and wouldn't you know it, the Red Raiders are ranked 14th in the preseason in the AP preseason top 25 poll. If you want to go check out the entire list, head over to gunsupnation.com. we got a featured article on it over there right now. So, Tobias, let's run through the top 25. We'll do it in um, – Five team spurts, so one through five, six through ten, and everything like that. And you tell me the team that you like the most and the team you dislike the most in those yeah, top yeah. fives, oh, in those Definitely. little five sections, okay? Okay, yeah, yeah. So the top five is Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, Virginia, and Iowa. First, who's your favorite team in that five? I need to, I need to say the list one more time. I'm trying to get the list right here. Yeah, um, so it's Gonzaga – Oh, I got it right here. I got it. I got Villanova, it right here. Villanova, Virginia, and Iowa. It's the team I like the most out of that group of five. Yes, and you can Ooh. take the easy way out if you want. It's fine. If it's truly who you um, like the most, you know. I'm probably gonna pick Baylor. Why? I think they just have better guard play. Um, I mean Gonzaga. They have um the five star freshman. He's he's really really good. I mean the other guy, I can't I can't pronounce his last name. The African guy, he's solid. But I think Baylor just has better guards. I think that they have better guards, and I think how they, I want to see them play. They're gonna play early in the year, but I think that um Timmy's good. They're bigs, but Timmy's not as good as Petrovich was last. year. He's not as good as Killian Killian Tilly. Maybe I he does. Agree with that. You on the you on the, you think he's I, better? I think he's better. I don't know if he's better than Tilly. Tilly, Tilly when he's when he when he's healthy. He's really good. He, that, that oh, I problem. agree, but I, th- I think uh, 
I Timmy's was, good. I, yeah, I was about to mispronounce his name and call it Time. For some reason in my head, it's Time, but Timmy's it's Timmy. Good. Yeah. No, I think Timmy's Timmy. Good. I think Timmy's a guy that um, could go middle of the first round. He's good. I mean, he does a lot of things well. He's kind of like a point forward or whatever position you want to label him, but he's like a point version of that. I mean, he does a lot of stuff well. I think he's. I think he's really good. Um, I just think that Killy, when when Tilly was on the floor. I think that he just – his ability to stretch the floor, he was a little bit better than – and also he, he just couldn't stay healthy. And on the floor, he was one of the best players in no, college basketball. That's fair. I think um, the thing I would probably um, – that stands out – how about you just do the positives? I'll be the negative Nancy on it. So you, okay. you every time we do a five-section slot, you'll do uh, the positive. I'll do the negative. The negative for me was um, – and I, I might get killed for this. I don't think Iowa's a top-five team. I think they're definitely in the top ten. But I, but I, but I think they're more in the seven, eight range instead of five. I I, know they're really good. They're really good. Don't get me wrong. They're really good. I I, I get it. I get it. And the thing is, when we're talking about the top ten, I think everybody should know we're nitpicking right now. Yeah, no, yeah, very much nitpicking, and and it's a personal preference. Do they deserve to be high? Absolutely. But the thing is, for me, I'd probably have them where Wisconsin or Illinois is in this next group that we'll talk about. The only, only thing that's gonna kill them. Is defense offensively? That's I mean, they're going to be scares me. That's offensively because I think be, Garza is a liability defensively. Yeah, it's just. Times. I mean, I mean, not even just him. Hell, the guards they can no no one can guard on that team. Yeah. They just kind of just they kind of just let you go by and they want let you score a layup. We want to shoot three. That's kind of how they play. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I said, if anything's going to kill them, they're just definitely going to be defense. Um, I think Villanova's really good. I want to see if they're. He was like a high recruit last year. Uh, Brian Antoine or Bryson Antoine. He didn't. He played like. Maybe two games last. He messed up his shoulder. He's really, really good. He'll, he'll if he plays and starts to play decent, he'll get drafted. I want to see if he um is his shoulder okay. I mean, I assume it is. I hope he plays, but he's really, really good. He'll that's another guy that's going to come off the bench and play. Okay, so that's the top five again. The top five in yeah. order: Gonzaga one, Baylor two, Villanova three, Virginia four, Iowa five. We'll move on to the next five, which is six through ten. It goes the Jayhawks, Kansas, number six, the Badgers of Wisconsin, seven, the Fighting Illini of Illinois at uh, eight. You say Illinois or Illinois? Uh, I think it's Illinois. You say Illinois? I, I think I kind of say – I think I say both. Yeah, I kind of do too. I think it's probably like a 70-30 thing for me. Yeah, like, I think I, think I, say I, Illinois, yeah, I say both. I say Illinois more often than I say Illinois. Also, I'm trying to think how many times I even said the word Illinois. Like, this I don't say very often. Yeah, I don't. So it's hard for me to think what do I even say, but I think I say both. Yeah, I mean, like, the only time I would really say it or even, like, logically think of that state is when I hear Chicago. Chicago, yeah, that's it. Like, I don't, but, like, I don't even – but I just say Chicago because everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, okay, that gives me a little bit of comfort that it's Illinois. Um, they're number eight. Um, the Blue Devils of Duke are number nine, and then the Wildcats of Kentucky are ten. Tobias, give us a positive from 6 through 10 or what stands out to you in a positive light from 6 through 10. Um, I mean, the, the, these, these next five, see, this is a really, really good group. I mean, Kansas is Kansas. Wisconsin, they bring back literally everybody. So they're going to be one of the best, most efficient offensive and defensive teams in the, uh, in the conference. I mean, they could win um, – they could win the Big Ten. I don't know if they will. That's a really good conference, but they could win it. Illinois, they have what the best – Duo in the country, you got uh, Big Coffee so. and Io. You got Big, big Io there, so I mean they have one of the, probably the best duo in the country. Duke, I mean it's they brought back a couple of 
Yeah, Duke is Duke. I mean, they brought back a couple of their guys from last year. You know, they, some of them could have went pro to decide to come back. Um, they, have a, they have a stat class as well. And in Kentucky, they have the best recruiting class in the country. They do that every year. So they're, they're probably going to have three guys that go in the top 10, top 12, probably. Yeah. Um, the thing that stood out to me in terms of a negative, I think, um, just so I can say it the other way this time, Illinois is um, too low. I would actually flip Iowa and, um, the fighting mm-hmm. Illini. I think Illinois is – if you tell me right now, um, RC, pick your final four, I think it goes – obviously, I, I think Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, I think those are the clear three best teams in the country. And then to me, Virginia is there, but I think Illinois is there too, and I'd probably put Illinois in the final four. Um, I think they're really good. You already mentioned they got Big Eye coming back. I thought he was going to leave for the lottery. Um, mm-hmm. He decided to come back, play for Brad Underwood one more time. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. I, I don't know how many people would agree with me, but um, I think he might be my favorite to win player of the year. Not in just um, the I, Big Ten. I, yeah, not in the Big Ten either. I'm talking like national player of the year. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's one of my favorite players in college basketball, so I think they're a little too low. I'd probably switch Iowa and Illinois um, in there. Um and again, we're talking about the top 10. I think there's a – I want to hear your opinion, Tobias. I think there's a clear top eight in college basketball this year. Maybe you could make it nine, but I think it's a very clear top eight with tier, you know, adjustments in there like Gonzaga, Baylor, in a tier by themselves. Villanova, um, kind of in a tier by themselves. Then Virginia, Illinois, you know, kind of in a tier by themselves. And then the other three as well. That's how I take it anyway. So you, say, you think there's a top – there's a clear eight? Clear top eight. Clear top eight. That's what I think, anyway. Okay, I mean, I mean, you're gonna have Gonzaga, Villanova, Baylor. It's literally the top eight. Yeah. That's the clear top eight for me. I think there's like, yeah, yeah. I think there's a little yeah, no, bit. I agree. I, I think agree. there's a a drop off from, in, in this case, it's Illinois to Duke. Um, I think there's a drop off that's more significant than any other drop off, other than from one to or from two to three anywhere else on the list, if that makes sense, in terms of the top 15 or so. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I mean first of all, I mean, you look at dude like Wendell Moore, he was a five-star recruit, he comes back, you know, that kind of, you don't sure. usually see that, you know, he comes back, then you have, um, you know, uh, uh, Matthew Hurd as well, he probably could have left. I think he made the right decision by coming back. But, you no, know, he, he made also, the right decision, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he, he definitely made the right decision to come back. But, I mean, I definitely think it's a significant drop-off. You know, they, they have their freshmen, you know, Bakerfield, Roach, DJ Stewart, Jalen Johnson. He'll probably be a top-five pick as well. But I, I agree. I think there's definitely a significant drop-off. I want to see how this affects freshmen the most because, you know, they're not – you know. Some of these, you know, some of these teams, they were going to go overseas and, you know, playing those little overseas. They didn't, they didn't get to see that. You know, we, they didn't get to build that chemistry and that camaraderie that they're used to seeing. You know, some of these guys, they really haven't been able to do much. So I think the team that have, like Illinois, they have a lot of their players came back. Iowa, Baylor, Wisconsin. Gonzaga, Wisconsin, all those players that come back, you're going to see that's going to be a significant role. Like, you know, I don't know who – I have to see Duke's schedule will come out tomorrow. But if they're playing – Illinois in the first three games, it wouldn't surprise Illinois beat them by double digits because this is a simple oh. fact they haven't they, they haven't had that much time to just play together. Yes. You know, you know those veteran teams you're going to see that's going to matter a lot this year. 
Yeah, no, I, I, and again, I'm a little biased on Illinois. I really, truly think they're a top five team in the country. Um, really good. And I, and I think, again, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm going to call him Big Eye all season. You know who I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Um, I truly do believe he wins National Player of the Year, if you have to ask me right now today. All right, so we'll move on. 11 through 15 now, the Red Raiders appear in this portion of the top 25. But let's start from the top. Number 11 is Creighton, number 12, Tennessee, number 13, Michigan State. Their head coach, Tom Izzo, actually tested positive for COVID. I don't know if he has any signs, but praying for him to have a safe recovery and stay healthy. Um, And then this is where the Red Raiders show up at number 14. And then right behind them is another Big 12 foe, this time in the Mountaineers of West Virginia. So, Tobias, what's one positive and you know what? Let's keep it strictly Texas Tech on this one because that's what people want to hear. They don't give a damn about anybody else. Um, strictly positive for where Texas Tech is ranked. Do you think it should be higher, lower? Is it just right? Um, you know, what, 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 how do you really feel about this number 14 spot for the Red Raiders? I think, I think 14 is a really, I mean, you know, a really, really good spot, especially, you know, after um, Matt got the wave. I think 14 is, I mean, it's a pretty good spot. I mean, to be honest, if Tech – does we predicted they go nine? You're going to see them be a, probably a top eight team because Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, they and I think Illinois, they all play each other within the first like four games. So unfortunately, you know, some two of those teams are going to have to lose. Somebody might lose twice. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're going to see teams like Tech. They likely, you know, I'm going to be. I'm I'm pretty sure Duke's going to have a good schedule as well. Some of these teams they're going to lose early. Some of them might lose twice. So for you know for a moment. You could, you might see. I don't know if they'll be top five, but you could see them scratching on the door. They could be like a seven, eight, nine, maybe even a six, depending on who loses and how many times they lose. So I think fourteen is a good spot. I think it's a good spot just to be in striking, you know, striking distance. Like I said, all these teams are playing each other early. So if Tech starts off nine and zero with the U of H win, and let's say Gonzaga, Villanova loses, you could, I could see Tech being like eight. That's fair. Um, the negative for me, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Creighton lose one of their best players to yeah, he ACL left, uh, injury? Right? Oh, di- oh, did he? It's the shooter, right? Zagorowski? I can't pronounce his name. Don't even ask I me. Hope, I, hope, I hope not. Good. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even see that. Yeah, I hope I, not. I, and I could be making it up. I could be. I, I hope I'm not um, mistaking it for somebody else. But I, hope it, yeah. um, I can't pronounce the guy's name. I forgot. I know Louisville a lot. Oh no, he no, he did hurt himself. Oh no, he's good now. He uh, he had a knee injury. Okay, he's good knee. though. Yeah, he's um, he's good now. I know Louisville lost a couple of guys. They lost okay. a guy. He sprained his MCL. Another guy is out for like. But the, but like, the Creighton guy's good though. I think he's good right now. Okay, I, I thought they I thought it was um, they feared that he tore his ACL. Um, and I'll look that up while I'm talking about it. Um, yeah, I'm looking. But. That's kind of the big thing for me is that I wonder if these came out, um, you know, before or after that news broke. And I want to make sure that I got the news right. Um, oh, here it is. Uh, I am not going to be able to pronounce this kid's name. Zagorowski. Um, no, no, no. Freshman from Lithuania was injured in practice on Wednesday. Mm. The Creighton men's basketball freshman, Motias uh, Clearance, will miss mm. – the remainder of it and he was projected to oh and roommate um rante andrew costaville mm-hmm. i butchered that name didn't i oh my god that was terrible um 
he's a guard, another freshman who was projected to have some minutes. He's from um, Georgia. Um, he tore his ACL. So they have uh, two guys that are missing now for the year. Wow. So I wonder wow. how that impacts them. I know one of them was for sure in the rotation. I don't know if the yeah. other one was. Um, but still, that's the big thing that stands out to me in terms of a loss um, for the teams in the 11 to 15 ranges. I wonder yeah. how deep Creighton is. I don't know too much about Creighton basketball. I don't know if you do either. We know they're big players, but we don't know their depth and stuff like that. Um, yeah. But that's a big-time loss if you lose two potential rotation guys. I mean, the thing for me this year is going to be, you know, one, experience and depth are going to play a significant role in this because, one, you know, the guys that haven't been working out as much as they have been, you know, God forbid we see any injuries. But, you know, soft situation injuries could happen. Oh, there, there, there's going to be a ton of them. A ton yeah, of them. you know, conditioning is going to be another, you know, major issue. So, like, deeper teams, and unfortunately, God forbid, but, you know, someone could get COVID, you know, so, you know. Oh, they will. They will. They, ha they have to. I mean, it, yeah. it's just a part of life at this point. It's going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, if teams are getting COVID and, you know, it doesn't have to be your best couple of players, but, you know, your six and seven rotation guy get sick, hurt, or, you know, whatever. If that eighth and ninth guy I used to play, you know, it's a big difference. You know, I think teams like Tech, for example, you know, God forbid that someone does get hurt or sick. There's not a big drop off, you know, between, you know, the sixth guy and the eighth guy. You know, exactly. the, 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 yeah. the eighth and ninth guy, they probably could play significant minutes at any other school they want. They just happen to be at Tech. So I think that depth this year and experience, I think Tech has both, is going to play a significant advantage this year. Agreed. Uh, let's move through 16 through 20. We got North Carolina, the Tar Heels come at 16, and then Texas Tech – their only top 25 opponent to begin the season in terms of non-conference comes in at 17. That's the Houston Cougars. Then I think arguably one of the most exciting teams in the country is number 18. Um, that's the Arizona state sun devils. I'm really looking forward to watching Christopher out there. Um, yeah. 19 is the Longhorns of the university of Texas. And then 20 is the Oregon ducks. Tobias knows how I feel about the Oregon ducks, but they did lose Peyton Pritchard. So my loyalty is gone. Um, so Tobias, uh, give me a positive through 16 through 20 in terms of something that stands out to you. Stands out to me. Well, um, for me, North Carolina, I mean, they have Caleb Love. He's really, really talented. They bring back, uh, the big, I think he's favored to win, um, um, player of the year, uh, Garrison Brooks, they bring him back, but Leaky Black will blue better, but I don't think they're that good. I mean, yeah, they were going to be my negative. They, they, I don't. I mean, I, you told me to be positive. I guess I'm not being positive, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that they're good. I don't because I mean, I, I think they're ranked, but I think they should be in the Rutgers, Michigan, and range. We'll yeah, talk about that exactly. next time. Yeah, I think I, I don't, I don't think North Carolina's um that. I think Arizona State. I mean, they're gonna be. I don't know how good they're gonna be. I mean, they, I mean, they, they probably or have they have a really good chance to win the um Pac-12, but. I'll tell you one thing, they're going to be super, super fun to watch. <laughs> yes, they're they going to be, are. They're going to be very – I mean, Rem, Remy, Remy, Remy Martin, he's so fun to watch. You know, then you have um, Tayshawn Cherry. Q, uh, Q Fetty Wap when you say that man's name too. <laughs> you got him. You got um, Josh, Josh Christopher. He's going to be a lottery pick. You have Jalen House. is fun to watch. You know, they have talent. You even have uh, Marcus Bagley. Um, what's his name? It's his brother um, – What's his name? It's his big, big brother. His little brother plays for them as well. Marvin Bagley? Marvin Bagley's little brother. Marcus Bradley plays for them. Tayshawn Cherry's a former Duke. I think he he played some in the ACC. I can't remember where he went, but they have Cherry? Count. Yeah, Tayshawn I Cherry. He, I thought he played at North Carolina. 
he what did he play? Cause I know he he left. He didn't play in North Carolina. He I can't remember where he, but he left. But he oh, um actually, you know, I think he's I think he played his whole career. He can be decommitted late. I think he's been to play his whole career at Arizona State. But they have talent though. They have talent. Going to be super super fun to watch. I want to just see Christopher and Remy Ma. They're going to terrorize. You know. Lineups in the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 will be a better conference this year as well. Um, Texas, you know how I feel about Texas. I mean, I think 19 is a good spot for them. Yeah, I um, thought that was actually honestly. That's I would have had them in 19 or 20. So that's really fair in my opinion. Yeah, I do think that's a good spot for Texas. But back to Oregon, though, I want you to pay attention to Will Richardson. He played a lot of minutes last year for them. He's he's really 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 good. He's actually one of my favorite uh, guards in the country. He he's not. As good yet as Peyton Pritchard, but I think he can be just as good. I think he has the potential to be to no be one that will type ever of be as good as Peyton Pritchard. No one. Maybe not. That guy's I mean, amazing. Peyton Pritchard's a stud. He's a point he's, god. He's gonna he's gonna get drafted in again a couple of in nine, nine days. But um, they have they have a good team. They 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 lost some transfer. It was weird. Some of the some of these players they they kind of transfer under the table like a Walker, the Skywalker. He's from Florida. He transferred. Yeah. That kind of flew on. That kind of flew under the table. He's at Oregon now. He left Oregon. He goes to UCF. He transferred. He's like he was like You're a talking about the kid that was like a top twenty-five player in his recruiting class yeah, with, with with the Dreads. Yeah, he left. He transferred from Oregon. He, he went. He left. He goes to UCF. I'm but telling you that Florida first though. He went. No, he he was a freshman last year. He played at he played at a uh, no. he played at Oregon last. Did he yeah, did, did he decommit from Florida? I think I think he did because he's oh, from okay. Florida. Okay, he's from Florida, but he he um. He left. <laughs> he just, it kind of, it kind of just, you know, randomly flew under the table. But yeah, he's gone. And so you know, and he and he played, you know, significant minutes for them uh, uh, last year. Yeah, that kid's a freak. So, yeah, yeah, he know he's freakishly athletic. They um, they have the um St. John's transfer L.J. Figueroa. I don't know if he got the waiver or not. Yeah, he got. I, I don't. One. I remember. He got it. Yeah, okay, got well one. then you got him. You got Chris Duarte, the shooter. Um, they have, they have a good team. I don't. I don't think they'll win the Pac-12. They'll probably finish like third. I don't think they win it, though. You already stole my negative. Uh, it's North Carolina. I think they should probably be about yeah, not at least five to nine spots lower. Um, but we, we can move on from there. So now 21 through 25 to round out the top 25. Florida State comes in at 21. UCLA comes in at 22. Number 23 uh, is Ohio State, which starts the run of Big Ten teams. And then it goes Rutgers at 24. And then the Jawan Howards a.k.a. the Michigan Wolverines at 25. What stands out in a positive light for you from 21 through 25, Tobias? Um, I like UCLA. I think UCLA, they have the potential to um, to win their uh, win their conference. I don't know if they will, but I think they can. I think they have a, just as good a shot as anybody in that conference. I think they brought back most of their players. Unfortunately, Dacia Nix, he decommitted and went pro, which I didn't like, but – you know, they have Tiger Campbell there. So I think UCLA has a good chance. Florida State, I mean, it's all to say they're going to be good every year. They're going to have some 7-1 foreign kid that they have on their team again. I don't know That's where he is. That's going to be my negative, actually, with Florida State. They, they, they lost I mean, They lost what? They lost three five, to four guys? I think they lost five impact players. Yeah, but then, like the three of them get drafted. Yeah, because yeah. you got Williams, Vasile. I don't think Walker. They lost the other guard, though. But yeah. Cross, crossing my fingers that Vasil makes it to the Mavs here in a couple yeah. of days. He won't, he won't but he won't. cross my he fingers. Won't. But, yeah, I think, I think Florida State – I mean, the thing with Florida State is they're so good every year because they play 
the whole team. They don't, you know, everyone on the bench plays. So, you know, whenever their guys do leave to go to the NBA, that 10th man on the bench, he might not be a starter. He might be their sixth man, but he's played 12 minutes a game. So he's used to, you know, being in that environment. So I think they're going to be well. Um, I think Rutgers has a solid team. They brought back pretty much most of their guys have a nice, decent recruiting class as well. So this is, um, I'm ready. We're what, like, what, 25, 26 days away? What are you Something talking like about? We're not even that far away. We're like 15 days away. Time's flying. That's crazy. Time's flying. 15 days away. <laughs> yeah, my negative real quick is Florida State, just because I think they lost a lot of talent. But I'm not going to be too harsh on them because um, you already know how I feel about their head coach, Hamilton. I think he's one of the best in the country. So um, yeah. I can't be too hard on them. But I do think that them losing you know, four or five impact players, whether one or two came off the bench, um, like you said, though, they play 10 deep. And losing five of them um, from last year is obviously going to be impactful, but I still think they're a really good team. It's just I don't really see a negative. And I, I really like actually the 21 through 25 range. I, I, I like Florida State. I like yeah. UCLA, probably not as much as you. Ohio State just always seems to be fundamentally sound, and I think they'll be that again this year. They'll hover in that 20 to 30 range all year long in terms of rankings. Rutgers is an awesome story. I can't crap on that. And then Michigan, I have no idea what the hell to think about Michigan. They should be a lot better than this. But, again, they lost a um, in-state. Well, yeah, yeah, and they lost the in-state guy, remember, because it was between Arizona State and Michigan for Christopher, Josh Christopher. Yeah. Well, their whole situation sucked because Todd yeah. committed there. He goes pro. And then Christopher, Christopher the next day. Christopher, yeah, Christopher changes his mind. But, I mean, they're to be honest, they're really just waiting for next year. They have the number one recruiting class in the country next year. Yeah, don't, so, they have the number one overall recruit, right? Am I crazy? Yeah, uh, well, he's seven. He's seven in the seven, country. Seven, okay. Big, big boy. I saw one. I actually saw one of their guards at the top, Wooden 150. His name is Kobe Bufkin. He, he's, 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 he's really good. I, I think he's a pro. Doesn't have they, a they, superstar they have, name, though. No, he doesn't, but he's a superstar talent. He's really, he's really, really good. I mean, Fair enough. Let's run through the top 25 one more time. So from 1 to 25 – actually, let's go backwards. 25, Michigan. 24, Rutgers. 23, Ohio State. 22, UCLA. 21, Florida State. 20, Oregon. 19, Texas. 18, Arizona State. 17, the lone non-conference ranked opponent for the Red Raiders, the Houston Cougars. 16 is the Tar Heels of North Carolina. The Mountaineers come in at 15. Texas Tech at 14. They are the third highest ranked Big 12 team, only behind Baylor and Kansas. Michigan State comes in at 13. 12 is Tennessee. 11 is Creighton. Kentucky and Duke at 10 and 9, respectively. The Illini at 8. Wisconsin at 7. Kansas comes in at 6. Iowa at 5. Virginia 4. Villanova Three and then Baylor and Gonzaga rounded out at two and one respectively. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just ready for this thing to tip off here in about 15, 16 days, right before Thanksgiving, at least for the Red Raiders when they welcome in the demons of uh, Northwestern State to the USA. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm definitely excited for college basketball. This is um, this is my favorite sport. I've been waiting. You know, we're going to get a tournament this year. I'm just hoping. You know, we can. There's going to be positive tests. Hopefully, we can do this in a safe way as possible. You know, for the most part, you know, there's going to be positive tests. I would overreact about it. every every sport other than the NBA. They have positive tests. And the NBA and that's thing was they were in the own, bubble. Yeah, yeah. The, the NBA's thing was its own unique thing. But every other sport, they've had positive tests. They're going to have positive tests. I just wouldn't. If I'm a fan, I wouldn't overreact about it. They're going. You're going to have positive tests. Just don't overreact about it because you look at the numbers. It was like 0.1 percent of like the league was getting the was getting the positive test. That's okay. It's okay. Yeah. 
So if we can, we can keep that number or something similar to that with the college basketball, we'll be fine and we're going to have a great season. Yeah, and I mean, that, that, I think that's a testament to most sports leagues actually taking it seriously and putting in proper protocols yeah. and caring about the players sure. at least as much as they can right now with the ever-changing, you know, developments of the virus. But he's Tobias Bass. You can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. I'm RC Maxfield. You can follow me at RCMB323 on Twitter. Go follow at Guns Up Nation on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and be sure to go head over to the website, GunsUpNation.com. Tobias is going to be releasing a basketball article here in the next couple of days, and it's basketball season over there. We're going to release two newcomer articles this week for the Red Raiders. We got one with Micah Peavy, and then we got Ogbo. Don't forget mm-hmm. the junior on the end of that coming up later in the week as well. Oh, can I add one more thing? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I was talking to uh, Coach Roger. He's one of the um, one of the coaches on the staff. I was talking to him the other day about um, you know, just how the team's looking. You know, you know, just what's going on behind us because we, you know, we don't we can't really see that much. He said that um, this is one of his first years coaching, but when he hasn't been coaching long, but he said he's never been around a team that's like this special. He said there's no like BS, there's no like crap going on behind the scenes. He said everyone's just really, really, really focused. He said that everyone looks good. The freshmen look great. And he said that he's really, really excited. He said he's been getting goosebumps just even talking about the team to just people because he said this team is really, really special. He thinks that they're going to have a um, have a great year. It helps when you're 11, 12 deep, right? Yeah, for sure. Also, it helps when you have a top five coach in America. Don't come at me either, Twitter. I promise you it's the truth. But again, he's the bias bass. At Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter, I'm RC Maxfield, at RCMB323. Go follow Guns Up Nation on all the major platforms. Subscribe to the podcast and go comment a little something-something here in the podcast, and we'll uh, be sure to respond. Again, Tobias Bass, I'm RC Maxfield. We'll catch you all next time, guys. Be safe and wear a mask. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at GunsUpNation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and Guns Up.